This is a story I heard from Rabbi Ram Shor Gesund on the yard side of the Beis Yisrael de Geir Rebbe. But I think the story is amazing, and, and every time I hear it, I feel more and more like connected to what, what is wrong with my brain that I would never do this. So he, he was, before he was Rebbe in Poland, the Beis Yisrael, who became the Beis Yisrael, who became the Geir Rebbe, and everybody knows his Sharfkeit, his holiness, nobody more sharp and holy than the Geir Rebbe, the Beis Yisrael. And there's a Havsaka in Geir. That's why I'm a Geir Chassid. You got you got a good Havsaka. And he was outside and he sees a Yid, a Machal Shabbos. Now ask yourselves, what would you do? And we think, you know, if you're not so holy, then you go, hey Joe, what's up? But if you're really holy, then oh, how can I look at it? It's the holiest I am ever going to be is on Yom Kippur. So for sure, I'm not going to be able to look at him and greet him. And the base Israel went over to him and started schmoozing. Schmoozing and schmoozing. How are you? What's doing? No sharfkeit. And this is the first lesson. Sharp lines. Sharp lines. Criticism. Everything we do is only if it works. So the base was very sharp. He said many things to people. I have many, many stories. What would we do? We would feel like, I'm so holy. I don't have time. I don't have time. Today, I don't have time. Today, every minute is precious. I'm either going to go to sleep so I can have kayach, or I'm going to say tehillim, or I'm... But shmooz with a Mechal Shabbos, maximum, I'll be like, hi, how you doing? Busy. Got to go. Maybe, if I don't curse the guy out, out of holiness, right? So, maybe, hi, we all know how to do that. Or kicknish, kicknish with the kids, don't look, you know? We don't want the kids to see this. Maybe I'll be nice to him. Maybe I'll say, you know, I'd love to see you. I, I didn't see you in so long. I'm a little busy now. Can we speak tonight? Can we speak tomorrow? How about we go out to eat? Anything wrong with that? Fine. Basis all schmoozed with him and schmoozed with him. Listen to this. Ilumale, if I didn't hear it, my own eyes from Ram Shor, Shlita, I would never believe it. He schmoozed till after Yim Kippur. He missed Mincha. He missed Ni'ila. He missed Marv. On Yom, he gave up his whole rest of Yom Kippur to schmooze with him because maybe if I'm going to just schmooze, what did he schmooze about? It wasn't about Musr, it wasn't Tyra. Schmoozing, what's doing, how's it going, what's your job? Pleasant. As if it's a Tuesday. Schmoozed with him, why? Because maybe then I'll develop a relationship and maybe through that I can, I can bring him back home. My father, after the war, was away from, he was by the Imriamis in Poland as a Garabocher. With, with the whole everything. And then, 20-something years later, he went back to Eretz Yisrael. For the first time, he met the Beis Yisrael. And he went to Gezegens to say goodbye to the Beis Yisrael. 20 years later, a clean-shaven businessman. And he told the Beis Yisrael, you know, you go, you go in to say hello, and it was the first time you saw him. And then he went to say goodbye, and he said, I'm coming to say goodbye. It's time to go home. The Beis Yisrael looked at him and said, this is Taka Shainzai Tahaim Tzikimen. It is about time that you come back home. Like, and he reeled him back in. He knew how to say what to say. But when someone is going to get rejected from your words or from your sharfkeit, there was a story, one guy, you know, everybody was wearing a spadik and he didn't have a spadik on. So he put on a, a put on a spadik and when he passed by, he said, good job, 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 good job. Nothing got past him and he was very sharp and he knew how to dig it in and he, you know, the story with the tea, with the hot tea, tons of stories. You don't, no, you don't mess with him. But only if that's going to ultimately bring you close. And I'm not sharp and angry or piercing eyes 
to destroy you only because that's going to motivate you. And this guy, it wouldn't have motivated. Imagine you go in Yom Kippur and you, or Shabbos and you see a kid smoking and you're going to give him, that's going to make him smoke more. So what did he do? He schmoozed, he gave up. Is mincha, is ne'ila? You can't be mashlum ne'ila. Mincha, what are you going to do? How many shmanesses do you make after? Marav, you make bichidas, and then you do a mincha. I don't think you could do it. And you give up those, the holiest moments of the year. Was it an upgrade or a downgrade? He looked at it as an upgrade. Hashem is giving me a chance, someone's drowning, to save them potentially. Like the Zayar Kaddish says, it's a mitzvah, the biggest mitzvah, to be ishtadl, to try, learn the Zayar Kaddish, Parashat Truma, that we all learn in the training. It wasn't a downgrade. Before he was nifter, he was very sick. And he told someone, this is one avaira, quote-unquote, one sin, that I never had charata doing. I never regretted that sin from many years ago. And then he added, even though I didn't accomplish anything. If I would tell you I gave up my Yom Kippur, like the famous story of Rabbi Ronnie Greenwald, a beautiful story, they, they went to a hotel program, and then right before Kol Nidre, a, a car pulled up with a bunch of ex-from kids who were looking to run away from Yom Kippur, so they went to some random hotel, I think in Piscataway, New Jersey or something, turns out there was a Yom Kippur program there, and as they walked in, and they already paid, so they're stuck, and there's like... The last thing in the world they expected to see was a bunch of Jewish people with Machzorim and Talesim. And Rabbi, Rabbi Ronnie Greenwald, I could say, a legendary, spent most of his Yom Kippur outside of Shul, schmoozing with them while they were eating and they were drinking beers and they were going swimming, boys and girls, in order to create a connection to bring them back. So if I gave up my Yom Kippur when I was 30, when I was 100, I said, let me introduce you to Deirei Deiris that came back from that investment, children, Einikoch, Ereinikoch, Atoizentelecher, like Gamaliel Rabbanovich said, every time you're working on a Jew, you have to look at him as a thousand. You bring him close, you're bringing a thousand offspring close. Because his father came here after the Holocaust alone. And when his father passed away, there was a thousand offspring. He told me, and I saw it was printed recently, he told me, Avi pointed at me, Atoizentelecher, you're nice to a Jew, you're being nice to a thousand offspring. You're merachek, what are you doing here? How come you do this? Don't come here, don't be here. You're being merachek, rejecting a thousand neshamas. That's how important our work is that we're doing. So I would say, look at these thousand people I brought back. It was a good investment. Everybody, Psh, sure, he gave up five hours of him kippur. He didn't get the account. And he said, I still don't regret it because we're not here to live for ourselves. We're, we're here to save. And he saved many, and we will save many, your kids and your kids' friends. But you have to have the right perspective. Hashem was sending him an opportunity. Hashem was sending him a chance. And you get schar, and look at the Zayar Kaddish for trying, and the Shmira for your children and grandchildren. That's what we're, what we're doing over here. We're trying, trying, trying to bring back the lost souls and to realize the opportunity. And if you do it all year, you could take him Kippur off. It's okay. But we have to do it all year. Friday night, everybody should go outside to the parks, to the lakes. That's where they are. There's a thousand of them. It's a hundred thousand of us. But we shouldn't be angry at them. We should sing with them and hug them. We'll solve the problem.